0: hello everyone dr chris martinson of peak prosperity here we have a super amazing special guest today and a special episode today we're going to be talking with robert kiyosaki obviously the author of rich dad poor dad which you're all familiar with i hope uh one of the best-selling and is still number one best-selling financial books out there over 50 million copies sold since its introduction 20 25 years ago but more importantly as importantly we want to talk with him about his latest book the Communist Manifesto becomes the Capitalist Manifesto. Why is it important? It's just so important. Robert, welcome to the program. It's good to have you here. I consider you a good friend and it's just uh, wonderful to be back here with you today.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you. We met years and years and years ago, and we've been, you know, my definition of intelligence, if you agree with me, you're intelligent and you're obviously (laughs) a very intelligent man. (laughs) Well, I I believe
0: it was I was uh, was Richard Russell who connected us. Right. And. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he was speak, the old he, guy. He, then.
1: Now, now we're the old guys. He was the old guy then. Now he's, the old, he's we're the old guys now. You
0: yeah, know? exactly. So let's let's see if we can bring along the next crop of old guys uh, and, and gals and make sure where they can fill our shoes. And so um, let's talk about this. This capitalist manifesto. Uh, why'd you write this?
1: Well, because we have no financial education in our schools. And what happened was, and this is the communist manifesto. And as you know, you're a doctor and I was a F student Kiyosaki. My Ferrari has a license plate that says 1.9 GPA. I'm proud of. It, you know? <laughs> I didn't do well in school, but I got nominations to Naval Academy and Merch Marine Academy. And I really wanted to go to Merch Marine Academy, which was in New York on the long Island. So I go to, I go to Kings point on long Island. And my instructor for economics was a West Point graduate, B-17 pilot in World War II, got shot down several times and all that. And instead of having a study uh, like uh, Adam, Adam Smith and Ricardo and those guys, economists, Keynes, you had us read this book here.
0: Well, everybody, I am so excited by this interview with Robert Kiyosaki. Obviously, we're good friends. We know each other, we respect each other. And we both are trying to do what we do best, which is educate people about the huge changes coming. Look, I might be wrong, but I'm not confused. There are gonna be huge changes that are gonna separate winners and losers coming forward. I do what I do, he does what he does, because we want you to survive, thrive, be successful, be financially independent. So, special offer. For the first 30 people who sign up, Truth20 gets you 20% off of a subscription to peak prosperity come on by and check it out only for the first 30 though all right back to the show what oh hey sweetie how
1: you doing so he's a again a west point graduate teaching us economics i said why are we studying communism he says know thy enemy and what this book here said scared me because this was book is 1848 one of the most influential books in world history and most people haven't read it. So after I read it in 65, I said, Oh my God, most school teachers are Marxists, including my family. They believe in taxation. They believe in labor unions and all this. <clears throat> and that's why I have no financial education in our schools." He also said that communism would infiltrate America through the academic system. He said communism would enter in two stages. So first stage occurred in 1930 when the Berlin school sent instructors to columbia university's teachers college that was 1930 and if you notice what happened after that that's when the rioting spread all across college campuses so in 65 when i was a school in new york columbia university went on strike and i could oh my god you could see it coming it was coming and then stage two occurred when my friend donald trump was taken down by social media you know Mm -hmm. thank god elon musk over Twitter. But anyways, this was always predicted. So I wrote capitalist manifesto because we've been warned all these years. So all capitalist manifesto is saying we were warned, we were warned, we were warned. And when you read it, you go, oh my God, we were warned. And like we were talking about earlier, one of the ways they take, when they take the dollar off the gold standard. Mm-hmm. then we could go into debt. And that was done by the Federal Reserve Bank, which is a Marxist organization, centralized banking. We all know that, but we don't, see anything. you know, this, this guy, uh, Janet Yellen and, uh, Powell. And oh, then they yeah. give, uh, Bernanke the Nobel prize. You gotta be <laughs> kidding me. You see that uh. balloon hanging in the background there. I call it uh. the Bernanke. I call it the Bernanke balloon and hanging underneath of it, the gondola is us. And that fricking balloon, he blew it up so big and they give him a Nobel prize and he's a PhD. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then now we're in serious trouble as they keep trying to raise interest rates to stop inflation. It crashes the stock market and the old guys with the 401k, the 401k came into existence in 1974. The same year that I think, uh, Ford allowed us to own gold. And, and the other book I wrote was called who stole my pension. So the boomers, we had it the easiest of any generation when we graduated from school, we bought a house you know, the first house I bought was, uh, 18,000 bucks today it's probably 35, to 300, 350,000. Mm-hmm. And then you put money in the stock market. It went up and all this, but that balloon. Is coming down, and that's the crash course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, to me, you know, I like to make things simple as possible. You know, so for a guy who's got a PhD, I, like I, I turned away from. I like simple, right? So the stadium example is simple when we look at exponential growth. But, but to me, it couldn't be simpler than this. When we came off the gold standard, August fifteenth, nineteen seventy-one, we started on a path which nobody. I don't care how many PhDs Bernanke has; they can't explain this. How does this resolve? we were compounding our debts at about 9% a year, and our GDP is growing at less than half that. So how do you constantly, and you know the magic of compounding, right? Einstein said, you know, compounding is the most powerful force in the universe, right? For 50 years, we've been growing our debts faster than our income, right? And it's not productive debt. It's not like our country was investing in awesome things, right? We were doing some dumb things with that stuff, non-productive debt. Obviously that's a math problem that's not hard to understand but when I go out and I talk about this in public I don't find anybody's really they're they're not able to process it because they've never been trained even minimally in any of those basic subjects.
1: You find that yeah, too. And that's I told the story earlier about going to Safeway and telling you could buy women you could buy this quarter for 3 bucks and they couldn't get it. They would rather work for fake money, which came in nineteen seventy-one. We've been so brainwashed by the academic system to work for fake money.
0: So you got to get a job, get a paycheck, get your fake money, put it in the
1: stock market, save
0: it. Yeah, Yeah. All bad advice, you would say, huh? It's
1: brainwashing. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, we're entrepreneurs. We create our own. I create my own assets. You know, I, I. I would show it to you, but I took, I took a, a gold mine public in July of this year. The gold mine was in Utah. My first gold mine I took public was in uh, China. And as mm-hmm. soon as we struck gold, the Chinese said, thank you. So Chris, I found out the word counterparty risk means don't, <laughs> do, pe- don't do business with crooks. Do you know what I mean? That's a very simple lesson. So let me tell you the story of the Trixie mine in, in Utah, which we took public. It's a 140 year old mine. And this Canadian friend of mine, he he, he went into the mine, he, he started looking at the books, the logs of the old guys. So this was like 1860 or something. He says, oh my God, they kept really good records. These old guys with burrows and picks, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he digitalized their logs. And after they digitalized the logs, he says, oh my God, those guys back 150 years ago missed the vein. They missed the vein. So he went back in. And being, I mean, being I own silver mines and gold mines and stuff like this. <clears throat> he missed the vein. He drilled sideways 20 yards. Hit the biggest vein in the US.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Wow. Can so I, I mean, is it yeah. that someday? I would love to see yeah, something well, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, I think it's called ODV or something. That's our mine, mine call sign. Oh. You know, Kenny McElroy and I were on Wall Street ringing the bell, and uh, it's capitalism at its finest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that the one? I saw Kenny McElroy down in a mine with a hard hat uh, filming something yeah, one time. Is that,
1: that it? That was us, yeah. Looking oh. for looking for. So, you know, we're, we're just capitalists. We're just b- stumbling, bumbling along, come across yeah. deals, look at them. You know. So well, that's, this that's is what a, I love about it
0: a great part of this, which I hadn't really thought through, but you separated out Marxism from communism, which I think in my mind, I had them stuck together as one thing, from socialism versus capitalism. Can you take us through that? What's
1: the difference? Well, it's an evolutionary process. But communism, as you know, is the, the uh, centralized control of the government. Or So the Fed is really fascist because it's a private entity controlling a public entity. And that's, that's what this book here, uh, Creature from Jekyll Island writes about here is the, the Federal Reserve Bank is not federal, it's not a reserve, it's not a bank, it's a cartel. Mm-hmm. It's Marxist, you know? I mean, it's fascist. So communism is centralized control and the controller, You know that, that's what the fourth turning is about is that we don't trust our institutions anymore. The FBI, mm-hmm. the CIA, education. How about pharmaceuticals? I mean, this whole thing with COVID is the most dangerous subject I've ever seen because my friends who are doctors are afraid of speaking out. Right. So if you don't see it in real life, and then the biggest thing that Marx talked about was number one was labor unions, workers of the world unite. So my poor dad was head of the teachers' union the most powerful union in America and they're Marxists. They're good people, don't get me wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you might be Christian, you might be Jewish, you might be Muslim. So communism is more of a economic philosophy. That's all the way I see it. So if you can see it from that way, they're still good people. My father's a very good man, but he believed in taxing the rich. (laughs) He believed in labor unions. Everything I don't believe in, (laughs) We can still be father and son, but it was Marx who said, you know, labor, you know, workers of the world unite. So it was overthrow capitalists. And that's what I was fighting in Vietnam. I have two tours there. And I saw, I, I read a communist manifesto. Where's that book? I read this book in 1965. and 1966, it was my first tour in Vietnam. And I could see it but you can't see it unless you mm-hmm. read it. And then the other thing that happened for me was a second tour. I was now a Marine pilot <clears throat> and we're fighting for the North Vietnamese. We're running South across the DMC. And, uh, we got stuck in a battle called Quang tree. There was way Citadel and the Quang tree. And we got pounded at Quang tree. We, we got our butts kicked and, uh I go on the CBS yeah, Evening News and this, I think it was Walter Cronkite. And what he reported happened, didn't happen. And that's why they, that's when Trump says are fake news, because what they're reporting didn't happen. And then they had our atrocities. You know, we, we there was atrocities on both sides, unfortunately. So there was me lie. Yeah. That's war, you know? So anyway, I grew up in Vietnam. But after I read this book here, The Communist Manifesto, it drove me. And then then this book here, The Creature from Jekyll Island and your book, Crash Course, Mm -hmm. I said I have to tell people what I know about what capitalism really is. And capitalism is free enterprise, free markets, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to bear arms. All that's being taken away. It's being stolen. And it starts as exactly as he said, Mark said, the first, the first thing has to happen is you have to take over the academic system. So that, again, I'll give the history it's 1848, 1930, the Frankfurt School sent teachers to Columbia University. And today Columbia University is one of the most Marxist schools going, but it, it sends teachers all over the world. And we wonder why we have problems. So mm-hmm. in 1972, 73, 73, when I landed back in Norton Air Force Base in California That's how capitalist manifesto starts. You know, the um, pilot comes on board and says, you know, ladies and gentlemen, there was no women. He says, America has changed. We didn't know what he was talking about. And there was, we, we get off the plane and we get hit by eggs and spit on by all the hippies. So it was the Woodstock generation, exactly as he predicted in this book here, coming out of Columbia University, you know, peace, love and hippies. We're, our nation was split and uh, today i hate to say this but when i talked to a guy who's my age i said by the way nguyen what were you doing during the vietnam war mm-hmm. Do you know were you spitting on me or did you have a gun mm-hmm. uh, you know it's, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow chris yeah if you know what i mean
0: yeah So it it sounds like there's been this very patient sort of a takeover, if you will. They started in the 30s. I mean, this has been I feel like we're at the denouement of a multi-decade sort of a plan. And we just had Davos going on this past week and I was horrified. I hope we're at peak Davos. You know, I I think that they're scrambling a little bit because their narrative has been exposed. Right. But hearing like John Kerry talk about we're the special people and only we can see that the world needs saving. And the way we're going to save this is, well, we'll all fly our private jets around, but everybody else is going to have to suffer. We saw Greta Thunberg get fake arrested by the by the German police. And then she's like, everybody needs to sign this letter that we're going to get rid of fossil fuels. Now, you've read the crash course and you're an oil and gas investor. To me, if we got rid of oil and gas tonight, we, we, we realized their fantasy Davos stream. We get rid of oil and gas tonight. My prediction is 7 billion out of 8 billion people die within a year.
1: Amen. So this, that's this book here, it's called The Coming Economic Collapse. It says how can you thrive when oil goes to $200 a barrel? Hmm. It, they're crushing us. So when Biden took us off the Keystone XL pipeline in t- 2020, I knew what he was doing. He's a communist. You know he's he's working for Klaus Schwab and those guys and the Greenies, and the guys that were spitting on us. Mm-hmm. You know I wouldn't be surprised if Biden was one of those hippies that was uh, spitting on us. With well, he and Nancy Pelosi, I'm gonna get my ass for this one, but I'm sure I saw Nancy <laughs> Pelosi in the crowd spitting on me. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Hey YouTube. I'm only kidding. I'm a comedian. <laughs>
0: Well, so I have to ask then, from, from, from your perspective, Robert, come on, are they, are they this ignorant? They just don't know how humans work. They don't understand that incentives drive behavior. They just don't see history says that Marxism has failed colossally every single time it's been tried. They don't see that, so they're ignorant? Or are, do they not care? Are they malevolent? I mean, are they intentionally trying to ruin the country because they believe you have to break it to build it back better? I mean, is there a strategy here, or is it just they're that dumb? What are we talking about here?
1: Well, that's why I was, I wish I was at your conference. I'd like to hear this guy, Brett Weinstein talk about, I mean, he was in the heart of enemy territory, mm-hmm. students and academics. How can they believe that stuff? I really don't know. I mean, it's beyond me. I asked, I asked myself that question all along. I mean, do you realize when, when, Biden, second act that Biden did, he pulled us out of Afghanistan. How many trillion billions of dollars did we lose? But the moment he, he did that, Saudi Arabia joined the BRICS. You know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, now it's Saudi Arabia. So when they take oil from us, and that's what they're doing, the green is the coming economic collapse, is by destroying our oil supplies, we destroy our economy. Because civilization runs on energy. And, you know, I, I'm, for, I'm, for, I'm for wind, I'm, I'm for that stuff. You know, I, um, but I think they're intentionally destroying America. Uh, I'm a U.S. Marine Academy graduate, so I, I have my point of view. But I, I ask the same question you ask. Don't they know what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Don't they know what they're doing? And I think they do, no better than we do someday you'll own nothing and you'll be happy mm-hmm. so that's why you know elon musk is one of my heroes because when he took over twitter i said thank god the guy's not even american he's south african <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and now the greeners are trashing tesla because he was their he was our darling with tesla but when he turned twitter against him i think they have to dump their teslas <laughs> who knows <laughs> i don't know I sit here in my little corner of Phoenix, Arizona and kind of guess I read Crash Course and go, oh, I can see the infield filling up. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: um, so uh, you made a great point at at the beginning of this, the the Capitalist Manifesto. Um, I hadn't thought about it this way, but you said um, that after Stalin, Mao, other people like that took power, millions, tens of millions of people died. But take us through right. it. After the Revolutionary War was over, how many people had to be killed in order to implement this better mousetrap, this better plan that they had?
1: Well, it's, you know, I mean, Hitler only did 18 million. You know, these guys were, they're sick individuals. So I don't, it's, you know, Mao was 100 million and Stalin was 60 million. Mm-hmm. They're, they're sick individuals and it's coming. That's why I asked that's, that's ask Brett, so what are these people thinking? And FYI could give, you know, the capitalist manifesto behind me is my cash flow board game. And that's because I learned about money playing Monopoly four greenhouses, 1031 tax, deferred exchange, red hotel. Mm-hmm. So, exactly as Maria Montessori said, you know, Montessori school systems, what the hand does, the mind remembers. So, back 25 years ago, Kim and I created the cash flow board game. And now it spreads across the world. Because it can go where we'll never go. So I hear that people are playing the cash flow board game in firehouses and this and all that. So that's what the capitalist manifesto is. I fight back with a board game called cash flow, and we teach people how capitalists think. Because this is your greatest asset, left ear, right ear, but it's also your greatest liability. So the way to counter, you know, the communism is via education, financial education. That's why you and I joined forces because we fight back with education and that's what Brett Weinstein is doing. And we've got to fight back against the fascists and Marxists and Stalinists and communists who teach our school system. I mean, you know, they talk about gender, sex education. I didn't know what sex was until I was 16. Then I was curious about it. How can they ask a kid at five years old, to make a decision whether he or she is going to be a he or she. Mm -hmm. I mean, holy mackerel or critical race theory that angers me so much is because America is not a systemically racist country. Do you know what I mean? But they want us to believe that that's what they're teaching. And that's why I said slavery ended with the industrial age. There was, you know, Magellan and Cortez and da Gama and all that. They were looking for slaves all over the world, not just black people, indigenous Mm -hmm. people were slaves. If you had, you had a musket, you know, powder, gunpowder, black powder, you were a slave owner. So it was technology that caused slavery. If you study a little history. So when, you know, when, when Columbus came to America, it was American Indian. They lost everything. You know, they own this country. Now they live on some reservation. I don't see them protesting. In fact, when I was in Vietnam, so many Marines are are American Indians. And then you look at the Mexicans, they fight hard. You know, they're good people. So I don't know what these blacks are calling guys like you white guys, racist. Do you know what I mean? It, It upsets me to no end. It's black people that are calling me racist too. I'm going, they call me a white one guy called me a white supremacist and chris i went to the mirror and i said no nothing's changed yet <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're so desperate you call anybody a racist you're paralyzed you know they're playing on something and so it's black people coming after me calling me a racist i'm saying why am i a racist you know you know, he, i work with the guy you're racist at heart I just don't get it. I just don't understand how deep it goes. I'm not saying all, you know, it's not all black people, obviously, but teaching America our school kids that America is systemically racist is the worst thing they could teach anybody. You teach racism and it upsets me because I'm not a white guy and I've, I've experienced racial discrimination from both blacks and whites and Asians but it's human nature. It's not a culture, you know, years ago, we were, we were a racist country years ago, but like I guess that, all ended with the industrial age when the cotton gin was invented and things like that, they didn't need slaves. And then, mm-hmm. you know, became an industrialized society. That's history, just study history, but they don't, they change history. That's why Brett Weinstein, my hero, man. stand up to them, stand up to them because they're trying to change history.
0: Yeah, my biggest complaint is I think these these people, the woke side, they don't seem to understand humans. And I've gotten a little wisdom as I've grown as I understand humans, right? So here's something I know about humans. You can't shame something out of existence you can't tell a priest we're just going to take that sexual energy and make it go completely away you you know we're going to shame you for that and make it go away. it doesn't it comes out it's like squeezing jelly it comes out in awkward ways you know um instead and so what they i think the wokesters are trying to say is we're going to shame people and pretend something doesn't happen but instead everything whether you go to AA or you you know you do self-improvement it starts by asking wait a minute do i have a core problem i need to address and if you do, then you can actually look at it. So I think you said it well, like racism exists everywhere. It can. And, but if you try and pretend it doesn't exist or you squish it out of existence, it still happens. So instead you have to turn towards, this is how we grow as people. You turn towards that thing that you need to address, not away from it, you know? So to me, we're, we're down to foundational times, right? Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That last one kind of stands out. Life and liberty is pretty clear, but why happiness? Why did they focus on happiness? My big complaint about the wokesters is they're unhappy and they're boring, right? Those are two cardinal sins in my world. <laughs> but it's just, it, it, can't we just say, they say, you know, when you just take this whole transgender thing, 50% of people who go down that path, apparently, consider suicide. I'm thinking maybe that's not the, dom. Maybe that's not the, come on. It's, we're not happy. And I I think that the reason our founders put that happiness in is because the Epicureans figured out a long time ago, when you're happy, you're not anxious, depressed, or otherwise uh, internally oppressed. And that means you can make the most out of your life. You can find out why you're here, what your gifts are, and what you're here to do. But it begins with that sense of contentment, you know? And so that's what I don't like. I think they're teaching discontentment in schools. Like, why would you teach that to yourself?
1: Amen. Amen why are they doing it? Why are they doing it? I don't know. And that's why it puzzles me. Hmm. It just puzzles me because anyway, you and I know what I just, it it comes from the deepest, darkest unhappiness, you know, deep and dark unhappiness and America and most of the world. It's the land of opportunity, but not a guarantee. So when you look at diversity integration and equality spells die d i e. So we're going, we're dying right now.
0: My position is that if you're unhappy with oil at 80 a barrel, where do you find 200 a barrel? Um you know if if people can't find their happiness here in this environment, I can only imagine how bad it's going to be when um when when things actually get tough, you know? feels to me like, you know, that old saying, it, you it, you know, straw, hard times create good men, good men create easy times, easy times create weak men, and then weak men create hard times. It feels like we're coming out of that, like we just came through some real easy times. My message to people is, okay, time to toughen up, Buttercup. I mean, it's, it's really, we're, it's time to, we're going to have to really get more, uh, robust and resilient as in times gone, but people are waking up to this. I'm finding out that people are waking up. I mean, are you noticing that on your end that maybe there's some? Um, this is a good moment in the sense that finally people are getting back to what really matters and starting to
1: well. Again, you know, plugging your book. This okay. that metaphor is the infield. The infield is now wet. They mm-hmm. know something's going wrong. That's like the women at Safeway serving me a salad. You know. They yep. said, "What should we do?" And when I when I hold up a real quarter to pay three bucks for this, their brain scrambles. It just mm-hmm. shows how deep the brainwashing has gone. Yeah, and this brainwashing, I think that's the problem. That's why you and I teach. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I have um, I, I've been a bear on the markets for a long time because I don't believe in fantasy stories. But this year, and thanks to you and and. Thanks to other people who've woken me up, I'm, I'm involved in um, very legal tax advantage strategies at this point. But I have been going all in as uh, much as I know how on oil, gas, um, real estate, trees, productive real estate. You know, I like I like land and trees right now, um, and things like that. But but I'm I'm actually this is about as incredible investing environment as I've seen a long time because I love it when the story. I, I just I'm a contrarian. I like when I have a different story. I'm finding oil and gas companies with price earnings in the single digits, right? High value stocks. Nobody likes them. ESG, you know. We're going to sign. We're going to sign a piece of paper and get rid of oil and gas or something, you know. And people have bought into that. Is, is uh, where do you see the opportunities right now?
1: Well, it's it's in our tax law. You know, I mean, it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. And I. I get my um, butt handed to me because you know, wall street doesn't invite me on. Cause I say, I don't trust anything you can print. Mm-hmm. So you, if you print money, I don't trust it. You can print a stock certificate. I don't trust it. You can print print an ETF, a bond. So I'm pretty much a very much a hard asset guy. So the wall street doesn't invite me on anymore because I, you know, I, I, am, I'm making a lot of money investing in Wagyu cattle. And they go, well, why wagyu cattle actually why wagyu bulls. And mm-hmm. because it's called not cash flow, like my game back there, it's called semen flow. Mm-hmm. And so every time that bull ejaculates and it impregnates a wagyu cow, I get a percentage. <laughs> <laughs> There's a God someplace out there. And they, and, they, and why goo is because the rich will always have money. Everybody else eats hamburger.
0: All right, bringing so, bring in bring bring I mean, new term, bring in new meanings to hard assets, but uh moving on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I'll, I'll use that next time. It's real hard. But I, I always i always make a joke said I've always wanted to be a Japanese breeding bull. No, I never was, but now I can own them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so That's a good one, too. Um, So you like hard assets. Uh, um, Speaking of things that can't be printed, uh, where are you on Bitcoin at this point in time versus, say, other digital assets?
1: Well, I I use that as a trading thing. I don't understand. I'm I'm very technologically retarded. Mm -hmm. But I understand blockchain a bit, and that's why we're in what we do, because we don't trust the Fed or the Treasury or Wall Street. Mm-hmm. So once I understood Bitcoin, when it went to twenty thousand, I waited, and it retraced back down to three or one. Then it came up to six. At six, I bought again. So today it's around twenty. So I'm still in the money. So I use it as a trading platform, exercise, mm-hmm. not as a real hard cash flow asset. So I, I like my uh, hard asset Wagyu bulls a lot better, because there's yeah. cash flow. <laughs> yeah
0: now now in the capitalist manifesto there a lot of things stood out to me but you caught one in here which was um that uh, uh lenin warned about medicine he said medicine um is heart, uh
1: is what archstone
0: yeah it's the archstone Oh, the keystone the key keystone, the keystone. yeah um keystone arch of socialism that yeah boy did that get played out on covid or what um we watched this was this was really dark what what went down in in covid huh i mean really yeah. dark
1: and you were we taking huge risks with your 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 professional reputation saying what you said you know you were adamant about speaking out so i give you credit for that no, nobody nobody listened to me about covid but um you know, what you are you were speaking from a professional insider point of view. So it's, it is what we're talking about.
0: It didn't do me any favors with the, with the social sensors. You know, I'm still shadow banned on, on all the platforms and, you know, this and that, because the, you know, there, there's an inappropriate point of view to have. My point of view was just a little earlier. Everything I've said so far is being proven true, you know, everything I said, because I based it on logic and data and it was just, it was very common sense kind of stuff. But, when you get punished for speaking common sense, you're not in a capitalistic free democracy anymore. You're in some other landscape, right?
1: You're Something in, Marxist, you're in Marxism or Stalinism. You know, it's, it's the most horrifying time, Mr. Martinson, horrifying time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why we fight back and uh, and we fight back with education. That's the difference. Because education mm-hmm. is the enemy right now. You know, Columbia University, 1930. Step one, phase one. Phase two was when President Nick President uh, Trump got taken down by Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't any worse than that. So we have to fight back. That's all. I'm, I'm a U.S. Marine. I'm still fighting. So anyway.
0: <laughs> well, that's Thank you for doing that, and um, tell us. Uh, so, for people who want to know, who somehow magically don't know where to follow you, or, or um, you know how to find your book, where, where do where do people follow Robert Kiyosaki these days?
1: Well, the most important thing I think we can do is teach, and mm-hmm. the reason that Kim and I created the cash flow board game, <clears throat> so you, so you could teach each other. So one game, it can teach te- theoretically infinite. So, we're spreading capitalism via the cash flow game, which is played all over the world, you know, in firehouses and police stations and in schools. And uh, mm-hmm. because it teaches people, you know, this here, and this was the rich dad, poor dad's about it's a financial statement income, expense, asset, a liability, statement of cash flow. It's basic accounting in a game form that you have a lot of fun with. And the reason people are in trouble as you know, is they count liabilities as assets. My house is an asset. My car is an asset. My college loan is an asset. No, they're all liabilities because the cash is flowing out the expense column. And when I own a Wagyu bull and that guy is a happy fellow and he orgasms, I get more income. It's not rocket science, Chris. You know, it's mm-hmm. just get down to basics. Happy bull, happy cash flow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, as you said, in Rich Ted Poor Dad, assets put cash in your pocket. Liabilities yeah. take cash out of your pocket. It's not hard, but you no. still have to educate people about that, right? Because they've been trained the opposite way of thinking for so long. Yeah. They don't, up is down, down is up, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that is a problem. So that's why Brett Wein, Weinstein, and you know, please congr- grat- congratulate him for me, man. He's got guts. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we need more now. Right or wrong, do we have guts to speak out? Right. You know, I mean, you know, when they, they talk about America, the American Revolution started in 1776. It really started in 1773. It was a tax revolt. Mm-hmm. You know, they, vote, they, they revolted against English taxes on tea. And that's when it started. But what Marx teaches us is that uh, graduated income tax is essential for communism. And our schools teach, we should pay our taxes. That's why Trump, when, when Trump was uh, debating Hillary, she says, but you don't even pay taxes. And Trump says to Hillary, that means I'm smart. And that pissed, yep. that pissed off so many people because everybody hates paying taxes. But they never figure out how do the rich not pay taxes legally? The key is mm-hmm. legally. And you know, like if you donate to your church, it's a tax break. They don't bitch about that. But if I invest in oil, it's a tax break. If I use debt, it's a tax break. If I buy real estate, it's a tax break. If I have employees, I have a tax break. But nobody studies the tax law, and that's mm-hmm. the problem. America tax free nation and FYI, the American flag is the flag of the British East India company. If, if you look at the flags of the British East India company, it's the American flag. So the BS story, they tell about Betsy Ross selling the, selling the flag. Now once the English realized America was going to be tax free, they switched sides too. <laughs> I'm only kidding <laughs> sort of <laughs> everybody hates paying taxes so that's those that's history
0: hey everybody so glad you're enjoying this i'm enjoying this you stuck to the end who should i interview next leave me your suggestions down below see if i can get them meanwhile hey this is a tractor this is the rest of the farm There's my house right there there's another tractor and here are the stars of the show Welcome to our soil management experts over here. Hey, there's Ryan. So, listen, I'm having such a good time interviewing these great guests and being here with you that we're gonna make a special offer here today. 20% off our normal subscription rate over at Peak Prosperity will help you navigate the future with context, education, and ideas for thriving. Truth20 is the code that gets you 20% off but just for the first thirty, so come on by, check it out. All right, everybody. See you later. But it's it's up to everybody then to self-educate, right? Because I mean the information's out there now, you know, it's all there, right? People can people can read your books, right? They can they can yeah. find things on YouTube, like all the information is there. What's missing is that sense of agency that, that you can do this, but but I love that people are waking up. Um, entrepreneurship yeah. is the most important thing. I know. I went through more college than anybody should. My own three children, doesn't look like they're going to go through college. They're making different decisions, right? And yep, totally fine. You know, I had money set aside, but you know, if they want to use that money for down payments on a rental property or they want to start a business instead or something like that, wide open to that because, um, and they have, that's what they've been doing. So um, entrepreneurship is the most important thing.
1: Uh, Yeah. And FYI, this is my tax account, tax free wealth, Tom Wheelwright, mm-hmm. if you want to find out, because I don't want anybody to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail.
0: No, but legally. No, nobody should have legally. to, right? You don't have to get squirrely about this. It's all there in the tax code, right?
1: Right. And so this is a very simple, easy read book. Um, it's how you and I pay less taxes legally, because America was founded in 1773 as a tax revolt. <laughs> and that's when the English flags shifted from the British East India Company. And the story goes, Betsy Ross just sewed some stars on it. Oh, give me a break!
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Robert, thank you very much. Uh, you know, obviously, you've got your um, uh, your rich dad radio show as well. You and Kim uh, put put that on, and um, all your books. Very, I'm very excited though. I, I am looking. F- I do want to visit your gold mine someday. That would be a, a big big, big happy day for me because um, I'm a big believer in, well, I just love geology and rocks and, and mining. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I own silver mines also. So uh, it's, it's all good. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all good. And it's going to get worse because of the crash course. We're crashing. Well, yeah. And the dollar. Yeah. It's sad because when gold and silver goes up, people get poorer but other people get richer also. Since price of oil goes up, I get richer. Unfortunately, America gets poor. And that Mm -hmm. was Biden who did that one. And when he took us off, when he took us out of Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia joined Russia. Just look at the facts. Mm -hmm. And they don't say that in school.
0: No, I mean, with the huge things are happening right now, and this is why I want people to have the context, you know, it looks all complicated, so you got to step back, take the big picture view. But if people don't understand this one concept, how, how much advantage the United States had due to Henry Kissinger putting the world on the petrodollar, that gave extraordinary privileges and benefits to the United States. That is now ending. We see it ending yeah. because Saudi Arabia is now conducting cross-border settlements not in dollars straight up yuan to you know the 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 saudi currency um we're watching this happen with india directly again now we're watching it with so rubles and it's all happening this is a huge thing and if people don't understand that if they don't understand what happened in 71 that led kissinger to have to put the petrodollar in place in 73 that's all been running that's now changing if you can't see the changes coming you know you're literally you're playing hockey with a blindfold on. Good luck, you know. <laughs> You're going to get checked well, into the boards.
1: <laughs> well, well said. That is so true what you said about Kissinger. And he's he's part of the WEF. You know. But he and Colossal yep. good friends. But anyway, like, like I, right. I said, the riddle is this. This is 25 cents. Give me $3 for it. And when the woman couldn't figure that out, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. They'd rather have fake money, lie to
0: me. As they say, I, I don't spend money buying silver. I just trade bad money for good money. It's just a swap. That's exactly, Gresham's <laughs> Law,
1: Gresham's Law.
0: Yep, when I'm not buy buying silver. <laughs> buy, 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 buy. I'm getting better money. <laughs> it's just, Yeah. It's it's <laughs> literally that. All right, well, Robert, thank you so much for your time today. Most importantly, thank you for your work Thank you for writing books like these, obviously, Um, and the other ones you got. I don't have them here with me, but fabulous work. And I I just applaud you for your ability to educate people and change so many lives. So thank you for doing that.
1: And thank you for your book. Like I say, I do study. It's a book (laughs) worth studying.
0: Thank you for that. We do the same thing. Thank you. We do. All right, my friend. Thank you very much for this, and uh, we'll do it again soon.
1: Keep teaching. Thanks.